are the opening band. We are here to do five or six or seven songs. Don't go too long and get the hell off the stage. We are the opening band. We're probably not the band you came to see tonight. But it's alright, cause soon we'll go away. And we're wondering just where the hell's the sound guy. He disappeared just after we got up here. He's probably behind the building, rolling up a fatty, and he'll be gone until our last song. We got a VW van. I had to sell every Star Wars figure that I had and ask my dad to co-sign for the loan. Today, no panties have been thrown, and we're wondering if this was worth the drive here. We spent six hours in traffic on the highway for fifty bucks and half price on the cheese fries and free Miller Light on tap. Who can drink that crap? Uh. My cousin lives in town and. At his place, unless his girlfriend's home from college and she's staying for the weekend. And if she is, then we will have to go and park the van behind the IHOP by the turnpike, and we'll sleep in the back seat. And we're wondering just where the headline act is. They're probably getting wasted in the green room. So when they start to play up here, we're gonna drink all their beer. We are the opening band. We hope that all of you sign up on our mailing list and buy our disc and T-shirts in black and gray. We are the opening band, and we only got about 25 more minutes left. That's all we get to blow your ass away. We are the opening band. We are the opening band. Good evening and welcome to this special edition of Alpha Geek Interviews. I am Gnomewise. I am joined here today by Grail, who may or may not be participating because he's leaning way back from the mic, reading the iPad, being casual. If you are joining us live, please join the IRC and chat with the presenters and the other listeners. Come to www.vtwproductions.com. 
click on the chat link at the top of the page if you have a webcam and want to join in on the video wall where one of our interviewees may or may not be hiding. See if you can spot him. He's in the lower right-hand corner. Everyone point and laugh. Or if you do not have a webcam, simply click on chat and join the IRC. If you have your own IRC client, point it at irc.quakenut.org and join us in the Pound VTW, that's Versus the World channel, and you can participate in the goings-on. If you want to email questions, you can send them to the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. Today... I have been getting my nerd on in a major way, geeking out in anticipation for our interview victim's subjects today. We are joined via the miracle of the Skype interwebs by Paul and Storm. Gentlemen, say hello to the screaming hordes of your fans. Howdy. Good evening. Hi, hordes. Isn't it good to have a horde? Is it better to be, be a horde or have a horde? Oh, it's good definitely to be. better to Better but to have a good, horde, of course. It's good to have minions. It's good to be in a horde, uh, but better to have minions. Minions. One of my favorite words, but only when said the way you see it on Adventure Brothers. Minions! But that's a whole <laughs> other cosplay story. Thank you very much for joining us for this special episode of Alpha Geek Interviews. And let us dive right in to the interviewing. All right, my do it. First choice is Paul. Ah, Okay. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I was born in Schenectady, New York. Grew up there until I was about seven, and then moved to uh, the Philadelphia suburbs, where I can I finished off growing up. And I went to grad school and lived in the D.C. area for about 12 years, and then I moved back to roughly the same neighborhood I grew up in in Pennsylvania, which is where I reside these days. So you're an East Coast boy... And yes. you get to say Schenectady, which is just a fun word. It is. It's a stumper of a, a spelling word, too. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, unless you feel the need to educate the uh, listening audience, go for nah. it. Nah. Nah. Oh, come on. Be nope. Man. Nope. Look it up. You all have the internet. <sighs> Google. Let's just check for a spike in the Google logs for lookups for Schenectady and yeah. bad spellings of Schenectady. Storm, I'm not even going to bother asking you where the nickname came from, because apparently it's not a very interesting story. But uh, No, not extraordinarily. I tell some pretty lies about it, but the truth oh, is not, not interesting. Lie to me. Uh, huh, my mother was uh, struck by lightning when she was carrying me, so it just made sense to call me Storm. It's a that lie. All kinds of things. It's a I'm lie. Gonna go, no, no, dude, I'm going to go with it, because just think of the mockery. True. I mean, is, is your favorite movie like Eraserhead? Because it reminds you of a mirror. But anyway, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in a, a place not nearly as interesting to say as Schenectady. Uh, it was uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland, a suburb of D.C. So I'm also in Arlington, Virginia. And apparently, Arlington, Virginia. Quite autumn years. What's that? You were cutting out on Skype there a little bit. We lost you at so, Arlington, Virginia. That's strange. Um, yeah, I, uh, basically a, a D.C. suburban guy. And now, technically, you could say I live inside the Beltway, because I do. Um, though I'm not politically connected. <laughs> 
Therefore, you are a human that we would actually want to speak to. And welcome to the show, and huh. thank you for coming. Thanks. Thanks for having us here. What uh, caused you guys to pass into each other's orbits? In other words, where'd you meet? Uh, Paul, you want to want to take it this time? Oh, I guess it's my turn. Can you guys hear me okay? I had a little, uh, little fuzzing in and out on the Skype earlier. You're yeah. all good. Yeah, I got okay, you. good. Uh, we both sang in a cappella groups in college, and uh, near the end of our of both of our college careers, we wanted to continue doing the same, and uh, answered an ad uh, for a guy that was just putting together a sort of a pickup a cappella group in the D.C. area, and that group did not only last; it was just sort of a you know a little hobby thing. It only lasted a couple of months over one summer, but. Uh, from that group, there was a, there was four of us: uh, Storm and myself, and a guy named Richard Sue, and a guy named Bernie Mullertime. And uh, we sort of stuck together from the core of that group. Can you still hear me? Because I'm hearing weird noises. You, you sound just great. got all you got okay. all. Uh, you sound like AM radio to me now. Yeah, that's you guys sound like that too. So I'll uh, I'll do some more more uh, Kenny Loggins or I guess Loggins and Messina songs. To, to reflect the AM vibe. But nonetheless, um, uh, yeah, us and, and Richard and Bernie sort of stuck together from that group and formed uh, our, uh, our band Da Vinci's Notebook that we were in for about 12-ish years. Yeah. That's the last, last four, some, which were full-time. Awesome. Yeah. Now, Da Vinci's Notebook, from reading your various posted bios, is not currently a going concern, but you don't uh, completely discount the, the possibility that it might perform again at some point. Well, it's sort of a you-never-say-never type thing, um, but no, we haven't had any, any actual gigs since, I think, about 2004. Um, maybe it was 2005. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say... Uh, I wouldn't say it's it's coming to a, a venue near you anytime soon. Yeah. But it could. The, Who knows? Who knows? But the coincidental what, timing of uh, the 2004-2005 window is not yeah. accidental. This is true. Uh, also, you know, for the for the right price, uh, we, we have no shame nor dignity. So if anyone out there has, has a number with enough zeros at the end of it, we'll be happy to bring Da Vinci's Notebook to your house. We've just, been creating, we've just been creating scarcity this whole time. So That's right. The zeros just keep piling up at the end. All part of the evil plan. You have minions and you have an evil plan. I am sensing a theme here. Around too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm also sensing Skype cutting them both off. Hey, and you're back. Hey, we're here. Hello. Hello? It's all good. It was momentary. Yeah. yeah. The, I uh, love Skype. It loves you too, or I should say it. Up oh, you, you. Yeah. And I digress. <laughs> All right. So the Da Vinci's Notebook served the purpose, at least from our perspective, of getting you to notice each other. And what, uh, when Da Vinci's Notebook was winding down, what uh, drew you guys together and said, "Hey, we should do gigs together as our own duo." And what led you to comedy? musical duo which when i'm thinking about ways to enter into the entertainment industry as a performer and difficulty curve you know that's got to be up there as one of the most challenging is we're going to break into the industry as a musical comedy duo 
and you well, felt the already, calling. We'd already done it the harder -er way, which was to be a a, a musical comedy a cappella band. So <laughs> most of the hard work, as far as you know, figuring out who we were, a lot of that was done. But when uh, Da Vinci's Notebook ended, uh, we had not planned to do a, a comedy duo. We really hadn't planned anything at all. Um, so it was really desperation that we decided we would, would give it a shot. I played a little bit of guitar before the, the band broke up and took it up in earnest, and Paul took up the keyboard and decided we were going to write all new material. So it was more fear of a regular day job. Uh, more than anything that led us... I mean, there was nothing else we could really do. We weren't good enough musicians to, you know, to be saxophonists, say, or anything like that. Or sidemen uh, or anything, yeah. Jugglers, actors, uh, stagehands. Couldn't do that even. So it, it was really... The technical term is key grip. Oh, I've, I've lost you completely. And, and now we're back. back. And you're back. There we go. I saw you davening, but I couldn't uh, <laughs> hear you. I, I saw you davening. I saw you davening as my modest Yahoo cover band, and we have the first <laughs> cover band joke of the interview. Okay, let's mark that at eleven minutes into the interview. The first that is my blank blank cover band has been fired across the bow. Yes, and if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, you don't listen to enough Paul and Storm, and you should hang your head in shame at this point. Huh. And if I'm coming across louder, that's because the people in the IRC said I needed to. So I hope I did not blow your earballs off when I did that. Nope. No, it's all it's all smooth and easy AM radio here. So it's all one staticky level. It's good. Got to use my golden radio voice, which will then be completely destroyed by the AM monaural broadcast. Thank you very much. Hmm. All right. So you have encountered each other, and you've decided, okay, we're going to continue with the musical comedy duo. And this was in '04 or '05 that you struck out. Uh, '04, I think, when we knew it was happening. I think near the end of '03, I want to say, and we started tentatively doing a few gigs in the first half of '04. We we'd actually thought, uh, you know, we our, the original plan once we formed it was we figured it would take us, you know, the better part of a year to get good enough on our instruments to not completely embarrass ourselves in front of crowds. Uh, but then we just sort of, you know, we, we, we wrote about three or four or five songs so we could do some opening sets and, and started just sort of doing some opening dates here and there. And we found that people, uh, were, uh, either ignorant or forgiving of, <laughs> of our, <laughs> our mutual instrumental ineptitude. So we just sort of went forward with that, uh, covering it as best we could. The nice about really not knowing how to play your instrument is you're not liable to write anything that you cannot play. That's true. You write real careful-like. Yeah. At least real simple, you know. Not that it was, everything was one, four, five changes, but it's not like we were trying to do um, um, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer all of a sudden. You know, we could scale our music to our ability. Um, those got a lot, a lot tougher than we expected, sort of redefining, finding a personality as a duo, having been in that a cappella group for 12 years, where it's this whole other thing when you have four people and no instruments. 
So uh, took took us a little bit to find our groove. The whole I have to sing at the same time I'm playing this thing. That's um, intimidating, at least for someone yeah, as a that, non-artist. Yeah, well, there was there was that whole. I mean, even down to the aspect of like you know, Storm was suddenly uh, stuck behind a guitar and basically rooted in place. Yeah, which was a whole new performing style from being an acapella group with our wireless microphones and being able to just sort of wander around wherever. And also with two less people. Oh, you still there? Oh yes. yeah, you just got you okay. Just got better for me. Okay, yeah. that was the sound I heard was was us getting better. It's just that's that's also <laughs> is the sound I hear when you guys go away for about five seconds. So. <laughs> Just keep uh, but any, but anyway, um, uh, also just the dynamic changes. I mean, as you would expect, it would between four people and two people. Like if you're having an off night and there's three other people on the stage, it can be covered pretty well. Like if you just sort of your mind's not working and you're not being very funny. Uh, whereas when there's two of us, all of a sudden uh, there, there's a lot less cover to hide behind, and it, it's sort of you have to be in a slightly different mindset uh, for the kind of thing we do, which is a lot of sort of off the. Whoops! I just Oops. lost. Oh, well, I can hear you, and we're back. <laughs> let's huh. just every every three minutes, let's just pause for five seconds and, and say, "And we, we're back." Just for the for the podcast listener, when this is done through post, no time will have passed. Hey, awesome! Uh, we'll just ignore it then. We'll fix it yes. in post. Yeah, cool. love it. Um, so anyway, yes, you're saying then uh, it, it was easier when you had. Three other people yeah, the, on stage to carry you. If you had an off night, you could be carried, um, or you yeah. could carry someone else da who Vinci's, was having an off night. Da Vinci's Notebook was like a band with four front men. Um, like if you had uh, like Roger Daltrey from the Who, and you had Mick Jagger, and then you had clones of them both. Like that's sort of what what uh, Da Vinci's was like. The models. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think it can be understated. Uh, overstated enough how intimidating it is to even now it's hard to to play and sing at the same time and engage uh it's like having to grow a new limb um speaking as a recent audience member uh you seem to be hitting your stride just fine smoke and mirrors it's all smoke and mirrors thank you no attention to that man behind the curtain yes we're glad you do it So you have, at this point in our storytelling, struck out on your own, begun doing gigs, and how long into that process was it before you began to find your audience, or the nerd crowd that you currently seem to cater to so well? That was, well, we, we probably spent the first year and a half sort of relearning how to do what we do on stage, so from a performance aspect, there was that. Uh, the nerd crowd thing came in late 2005 when uh, we found Jonathan Colton online. When we discovered Jonathan Colton. Single-handedly <laughs> discovered Jonathan Colton. Single-handedly brought him to the world. Uh, no, I'll give you that work- one. When we started working with Jonathan, I think our first dates with him were early 2006. Uh, where... Um, you know, we just sort of, we, we ran into his stuff online, and, and he seemed like a kindred spirit, and we said, hey, let's, uh, let's perform some dates together, maybe. And he, uh, he, he, for some reason, said, sure, 
and <laughs> and we found that the, the combination seemed to work really well. And we'd had a lot of experience as a a touring performing band, and he had a lot of experience sort of utilizing or not experience at that point so much as know how and and gumption as far as uh, utilizing the internet and social media uh, as they were you know just burgeoning. Uh, to build a fan base, and not to mention the fact that he had several, you know, extremely strong viral hits during his thing a week thing. It was just before he did Code Monkey that we uh, we found him actually. Good. Back so in the was... era, back in the era when people were still using the term Web 2.0, like unironically. Oh wow, that was a while ago. Yeah. And then well, yeah, uh, at you that touched on. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I was just going to say at that point. We really sort of, I mean, not to say that we didn't do anything ourselves, but a lot of it was was he would find a thing. Like, for example, there was a, a, a website called Eventful where people could, you know, if you wanted a band X to come perform in your town, you would log in and you'd, you'd demand them. Uh, so it was what it was called where and you could just, you know. Skokie, Illinois or wherever. And... metric, you know, maybe not the most scientific metric, but, you know, some sense of an idea of how many people wanted to, might show up if you were to come and play in whatever town, uh, which, you know, is sort of the the polar opposite of the way you would usually do it. You know, as, as a touring band, you would usually go out, play someplace for about six people, and then you go back a few months later and play for 12 people. And, and keep repeating that process until you filled rooms, uh, or, or didn't. Uh, but it took a lot of the. It ended up taking a lot of the grunt work out of finding where the fan base was, and and it was it was things like that that really that we just sort of you know sat cross legged in front of Jonathan so to speak and learned at his feet. And I've personally used Eventful to demand your presence and his here in the Phoenix metro area. So I am well yeah. familiar with Eventful and like it very much because it brings people that I want to see to my doorstep. Yeah. Now, you touched upon something I did want to dig a little deeper on, which was part of our experience of finding you and, and you know, making you part of our geek culture has been this distributing your content using the Internet as a major conduit, conduit is how you reach your fan base. And Creative Commons licensing, which to me, as a broadcaster who's trying to put together interesting shows variety shows is the best thing ever um was that something that again you learned sitting lotus at the feet of jonathan colton or was it something you were already doing and just did more of once you guys hooked up very much um we learned about it through jonathan i think jonathan had been to south by southwest interaction it was, uh, it was pop tech actually was where oh, he pop met tech. lawrence uh, he lessig was, yeah but he was um pretty connected up with people who were doing very, uh, at the time, innovative, it's still innovative, but it was new, cutting-edge type stuff. Um, he had been doing um, the gray bo- little Gray Book series with John Hodgman, so he'd gotten to know some of these people doing interesting things. And very much um, with Jonathan, he went from zero to a million miles an hour, in part because people felt very free, even encouraged, to share the music with their friends. So it's really just, uh, the idea was the original word of mouth, but just with, you know, 
an exponential number put on it, and uh, we realized that would work for us as well. And I think for for most folks who, you know, if you're Metallica or whoever you are that are already big, no, maybe it's not the greatest thing in the world for you. But if you're unknown and you want your audience to find you, then it definitely it's awesome to have this tool that will enable the word to spread. And um, yeah. you certainly have nothing to lose, at least. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was like we you know we I mean, we would sell music. Uh, we it, we had very very limited retail uh, distribution. Uh, and we, our stuff was on iTunes, but it's not like some significant portion of our income was made off of, uh, you know, music sales, both physical and online. So we weren't really risking a whole lot by saying, well, let's just, you know, throw it out there. Feel free to share it. Feel free to copy it. Feel free to, you know, make derivative works. Um, basically the old, I'd rather have 5% of a million dollars than 100% of $30. Not that that's right. our exact math. <laughs> it's pretty close. It's embarrassingly close. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it is kind of close. Well, speaking as someone who's on the receiving end of that kind of distribution, and as someone who helps run a podcasting hub and shoutcasting network, in the back of our mind is always, you know, is this the day that the RIAA is going to bring the ban hammer down on us for some perceived infraction of their almighty God-given and heavily defended rights. Yeah. Right. And any time we can have fantastic, talented, fun content to include without losing sleep in our podcast archives of our live shows is a good day and a great thing. So thank you and please keep it up because we love it. And that's why we wanted to pursue you for this interview because we douse ourselves weekly in your songs and want to see, you know, what kind of minds does that kind of content actually come from? Mm-hmm. See, there, there you go. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if not for creative comments. And uh, like saying the mouthful of the creative commons, non-commercial, share-alike attribution license. Did I get it all? I that's think that's one. it. It's just doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but it does cover all the bases of, please share this. Just tell the people you're sharing that we were the ones who made it. And please don't charge them money for it because you didn't create it. Yep. And if you share it, please share it the same way we did. That's fantastic. Sure. And we want more just like that. All right. That brings us up to our first Music break. Yay! Now I've got a little USB thumb drive here in the shape of a candy bar. Yes, a blue candy bar. With the words om nom nom on one side and two really hard to read signatures on the other side. Oh well. <laughs> what's important uh-huh. is what what's on it is basically your entire library. So what should we go for? I'm, we want to do... Toss up in my head between Nun Fight and Captain's Wife's Lament. What are we, Captain's Wife Lament more of a show closer? Uh, it's more up tempo. Um, Nun Fight will, would will require a little bit of setup. Hmm, we could we the, could I've throw a live version that has the setup included in it. Oh uh, well, then I see. There you go. Well, the live version is also much longer than the the studio version. So it's up to you if you want a three minute break or a nine minute break. How badly do we need to use the bathroom? Uh, I can I hold it for it. now. 
I'm really good right now. Yeah. Why don't you give us the setup, and I will find the non-live version of Nunfight for our break. Okay. Oh, oh, Nunfight. Wait, I had them confused. Nunfight, the live version. Uh, that's only about four, four-ish, five-ish minutes. You know, you can just that play that. Too bad. Now I got to yeah. find it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was confused. I was confusing it with the live Captain's Wife's Lament. Gotcha. Oh yeah, five minutes forty-five. That's plenty good there. Yeah, that'll work. All right. So you are listening to casual? No, not casually hardcore. Wrong damn show. That was last hour. Uh oh. This. Yeah, I know. I fail. I. I do this as a hobby, so just shoot me. <laughs> you are listening to Alpha Geek Interviews, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Check us out on the web, www.vtwproductions.com. Join the wonderfully active forum community. If you're listening live, you should already be in the IRC. Click on the chat button at the top of the page and get in there. Send in your questions, the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. We will be back right after this. Take boss. <laughs> there was a convent over in Italy. This particular convent had only three nuns left in the whole place. Completely true. I know. And yes, very sad. It gets even worse, though, because the local diocese was forced to close this convent. It's a sympathetic town. It is. <laughs> That's what it says on the license plate. <laughs> Minnesota. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think I, I see a referendum for the next election <laughs> Vote yes on all um, But anyway, it, it gets even worse than that <laughs> Now don't push it Because the reason they had to close this convent was because A fist fight broke out among the three nuns Swear to God, we found it on Fark.com. So now there were these three unemployed homeless nuns just wandering the streets of Italy. They had no jobs. They had no practical workplace skills or training. They had no prospects. And we wondered, what were they going to do to survive? How could they possibly earn a living in modern Italian society? They can't. That's ridiculous. Of course, it's silly. There's no way. They're doomed. But then we realized there was one perfect, obvious solution. Pay-per-view nun-fight. So imagine we're, we're no longer here in this beautiful venue, in this beautiful cabin. No. We are now in a vast boxing cathedral. And here in the cathedral, a single microphone descends towards the boxing ring. Ladies and gentlemen, we present our title bout for the evening. In this corner, Weighing in at 114 pounds By way of the sisters of Our Lady of the Immaculate Right Cross With 
a record of 23 and 1 with 15 knockouts, 3 TKOs, 2 decisions, 3 conversions, and 1 exorcism. The high priestess of penance, the pounding penguin, the assassin of the passion, the stinging nun, and the Roman Catholic wrecking ball. From Dublin, Ireland, Sister Mary Catherine, the habit breaker in the corner, weighing in at an even 82 pounds, by way of the order of St. Adelaide of Perpetual Confrontation, with a record of 66 and 6, with one disqualification for using The Vatican Vixen, the Pontiff's Pitbull, the original sinner, the homicidal bride of Christ, the assaulter from the altar, the Undertaker, and the Mother Superior of Kicking Posterior. From Mexico City, Sister Maria Teresa Garcia, Graciela Aguilera, Delgado, Francisco, Diego, Arroyo, Inigo, Montoya, Zapata, Paquito, El Guapo, Abuelita, De La Boom, Boom, Mendoza. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Now let's get ready to rumble. Alpha Geek Interviews continues live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. This time around, we have Paul and Storm of the comedy music duo Paul and Storm on the air with us today. And we had just left off when they were studying at the feet of one Joko and had begun the process of finding their nerd audience. And, and here we are. Yes. Now, this was in 2006, 2007 time frame here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's about that's right. Totally. We'll go with that. Is that, that. That's a number. Yeah. The 
creation of Wootstock was still in the future at this point, right? Yeah, yes, well that's correct. Not even a glimmer in our eyes at that point. <laughs> so you were doing the touring thing, and for you, touring was a an existing way of life, and you were, it sounds like you were introducing Jonathan Colton to come out of the studio and to tour with us, and we will show you how this is done. Is that an accurate portrayal of how things were going? More or less, yeah. Accurate, sure, yeah. Because he has that, you know, closet artist yeah, he's, vibe going he's, about him. He, he's got a whole uh, 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 Howard Hughes, like, you know, ah. doesn't like to interact with human beings kind of thing. It's the facial hair. Yeah. Well, at the time, um, he had, I guess, his his daughter was only a a year old or so, not much more than that, and no idea, uh, sort of doing this thing a week thing to force himself to write and really hadn't thought much beyond that. You know, Mm -hmm. it was collect underpants, question mark, success. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. So, um, So, yes, accurate. Now, for those who are not also fans of Jonathan Colton, the Thing a Week project that he did was one year he would release one original creation per week. He would do a thing a week and would do it in blog form. This is before you know, blogs were blogs. Or this is as blogs were coming into their own. Is that about? I'm trying to put yeah. Mind. And, before, and before you'd use something like Facebook, and even before, yeah. well, MySpace was around, was, but it always sucked. It was post-WordPress, pre-Tumblr. Okay, I can place that. So he had weekly blog entries, and he would release these MP3s of his creations as an exercise for him to must-write, must-write, must-create, must-put something out. And turned into, hey, this turned out to be a wonderful way to promote myself on this. I found a way to use the internet to actually create a career, which was alchemy at that time, it seems like. Mm Mm-hmm. And basically, it was in the process of doing that, or had just finished that, and you were touring with the proceeds from that at that point. No, he was in the middle. Uh, he was still in the. I guess he was on only a third of the way through, maybe even twenty five percent. Well, when we very first met up with yeah. him, at least it was. He was yeah. He was like week fifteen or something like that. Um. But you know that he didn't do. You know, we we didn't. You know, when I say hardcore touring, or what I'm about to say, hardcore touring, uh, even for us, it's generally just long weekends. We don't, for the most part, go out for extended periods of time. Uh, and that was a that was a decision we had made back in the Da Vinci's Notebook days. You know, we just you know we have wives and uh, I have kids, and we didn't want to lead that sort of you know, perma road on tour for two or three months straight kind of existence. Cause, uh, you know, neither Stormer nor I had expected to ever become professional musicians. Um, so we, uh, you know, we made the choice to tour that way. And, uh, I'd say, I'd say it took about a year with Jonathan before he, uh, we found sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the strong, the strongholds and the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. The crowd pleasers Lead. and your the the bits that would get the term we use now is viral exposure. Um, well, no, just oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, just in terms of like touring, it, it took a a bit to figure out 
where the best places were to play, just sort of the the actual uh, business end of things and how the show works, um, just the mechanical stuff. It took a, a while for that to sort out. And at the time, at the very beginning, uh, we would flip-flop who was the opening act and who was the closing act because there were a number of cities where we had been playing since our Da Vinci's Notebook days where we had, relative to Jonathan, who'd never played, uh, fairly strong followings. Um, though certainly by the end of Thing a Week, and uh, in the the year after that, it was pretty clear that he was on a really steep, awesome trajectory. So we pretty much uh, always always opened after that. Excellent. During your so you made the conscious decision to be tour light. So you're not you know we're not going to try and just make money for the sake of making money and then have no lives to have it in. Right. Striving for more of a balance of, yes, I do this, this is my living, but I, it will not take over my life more than I want it to. Exactly. The In your creative process, what is, you know, have you found the sweet spot between number of brain cycles spent performing what you have versus, okay, how much time away do I need to be able to create something new without having a nervous breakdown? It comes and goes. There's not really a formula to it, and you can't you can't plan or force creativity. Like when you do try to force it, you will never be happy with the results. I'd say in terms of how much we travel, yeah, that we're we're in a really good place, um, and then it just sort of you you uh, you hope to create situations that will uh, that will put you in a, a frame of mind or force you to do something to be creative and uh, always trying to have projects that you're setting up either by yourself or with others that um, that have you using that part of your brain. Now, between the two of you, is one of you lyrics and the other music, or is it a constantly changing dynamic? No, it's very much a shared, uh, a shared burden relatively it, equally between us. It is. Um, it is. I'd say Paul is uh, a little more of a, uh, a lyrical uh, lyrical wordsmith, so I certainly do my share as well. Which is another way of saying I'm also a shittier instrumentalist. No. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't going to say. In a live <laughs> setting, you certainly play less. I so suppose I, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's certainly a fair statement. I am not touching that with a 10-meter cattle prod. Anyway... Um, that would be a ridiculously long cattle prod. Yes, it would. That's <laughs> point, and it's also an obscure movie quote. So, be highly impractical. Props to you if you know where the really, movie quote came from. Really fast cows. Yes, it's true. Anyway, getting off track. Bring it back in here. The touring life, as it were, you know, seems to a a non-touring artist, non-artist like me. Uh, Seems like it would be something that would grind you down pretty quickly. Have you? It sounds like you you have found that sweet spot of where traveling is. You manage to still keep it fun and something you actually look forward to. Yeah, I would say so. Um, there are sometimes you you plan things and you end up with with more work than you want on the road, and then it can be a drag when you're in a different place every night, and it ends up being three weeks then it can be a drag 
Um, but you learn how to treat yourself right on the road. Um, you learn that Yelp and other tools for finding good food becomes very important. Uh, and yes. just you learn what pisses each other off um, in order to not do those things, even down to things like, you know, what time you eat, what time to wake up. It can all change, but to, to make sure that everyone who's traveling together is sort of aware of it and that if you're not happy with something, to say so and not, and not let it stew. Like, that's yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. Is Although, that, that being said, one of the benefits of us all touring together is all three of us are, are pretty big conflict avoiders or certainly, you know, <laughs> are, none of us is an aggressive person. Uh, so they entered tours that we have. Like, I can't ever think of any, anything remotely resembling a blowout uh, that we've ever had uh, on a tour with Jonathan, and uh, you know, and uh, when we say it's it's hard to tour, I mean obviously this is not ditch digging or manual labor, and and we certainly have perspective on uh, what we do, but you know it it is a valid point that you know when you have to get up on a stage and entertain people and and give a certain amount of energy, it can get really grinding when you're you know your your routine becomes. You know, five hours in a car, forty-five minutes in a hotel, go to sound check, eat some crappy food, go do a show, sleep for a little bit, and do it all over again for a week straight. Um, it's uh, it's um, it's you know, our our life our life is hell, is what I'm saying. Our life can be hell. Oh. <laughs> I'm so happy to have, to have brought you this realization and to have uh, pushed you that closer to the edge of suicide. Don't hate us because we're beautiful. That's we right, do. and you are. We are. In other news, the IRC has delivered our first uh, from that side of the fence. Uh, Jen in the IRC says, highly impractical, cattle, highly impractical Cattle Prod is the name of my Lady Gaga tribute act. Yeah, that's right. a good one. We'll yeah. go that's a good one. We'll it's go a keeper. With that. All right. She's, so, she's got, she's, everyone can play along using their version of the home game. Huh. <sighs> you are professional, right? Yes. <laughs> So, at this point in the retelling of your history, you are touring the lands with uh, Jonathan Colton and company and his occasional uh, transient backup bands, and having seen the later developments of your guys' act together, I assume at this point is when the cross-pollination began to occur? Uh, from the beginning, really, because I think it's safe to say we were both fans of his music and fans of him, and... Um, we've always been the type that we love singing harmony, obviously, with the a cappella group. And Jonathan was an a cappella guy in college as well. So really, from the get-go, we were at least doing some backup vocals for him, um, just to, for him to have a, a change-up and for us all to enjoy it. Um, but certainly, as it went along, um, yeah, it did start to become a little more interactive. And seeing the the more recent you know, end game of of that development, um, you know, it it's not like we saw at PAX a set of Paul and Storm and then a set of Jonathan Colton. We saw a concert wherein there was one half that had a few more Paul and Storm songs with Jonathan <laughs> Colton joining uh-huh. them, and vice versa on the other side. And as the audience, we win because we get more of all of you. Right, um, but it's it just ups the fun ante for some reason, 
where part of your brain knows that, hey, the opening act shouldn't be on stage with the main act, and yet these guys are doing it, and it, it shouldn't be as funny as it is, and yet it completely works. And I, I love the hell out of it, but I'm, I'm me. Yeah, well, I mean, no, we're, as, go ahead, I was going to say, as as Storm was saying, you know, I mean, we're friends at this point, but we're also still fans of Jonathan, so it's kind of a, a, a win-win for us, because uh, not only do we get more FaceTime and we get to have fun singing songs, but we get, like, the two best seats in the house for a Jonathan Colton yeah. concert, a three three feet to his left and right, uh, and it, so it's, go ahead. It's also, it's sort of, it's the Rat Pack thing, when you had, um... Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin. There's just something fun about uh, just sort of cutting up that way. Um, although I'll say on this last tour, Jonathan is also now touring with uh, his power trio, his as yet unnamed band. And um, that was a fun feeling to to do some backup vocals with this awesome uh, wall of rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that was being up there, so yeah, it's uh, and it's fun to see to see him sort of develop uh, develop himself as he goes along. Was this the group that we saw him with at PAX? No, no. Uh, yeah, no, well, PAX East. Oh no, I PAX this past year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was did, Marty? Marty? Yeah, he had Marty and, and Chris at oh, PAX this last year. Yeah, I forgot the Marty. Yeah, and Pax, Chris. PAX East was with uh, was with the guys from Metroid Metal. Yeah, right, we uh, were there for Pax Prime this last Pax Prime, time. Yeah, Pax Prime was his power trio, yeah. Okay. And he's so and we, he's doing the same thing now with the trio where they've been rehearsing and doing gigs and, you know, it's becoming a deeper show. So well, I saw him cool. transitioning to Electric 2 for the first time there at Pax Prime and I was like, oh, this is a different thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Lost guitars. Hey, he's back. Oh. I'm back. The electric guitar is to an acoustic guitar like a bicycle is to a ham sandwich. You know, it's a totally <laughs> different thing. That got that vibe off of me. He seemed oddly uncomfortable with it for someone who's a professional musician. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. We are coming. Uh, we're not quite up to our next break. We are very nearly there. Uh, I wanted to hit the list of questions. Okay. Put out onto our forums which you can find by going to vtwproductions.com and clicking on the forums button and we had put out last week when we learned that we had finally landed a date and a time when you guesters weren't riding a ship around the Caribbean but I'm not bitter or jealous <laughs> after which uh, actually tell us a little bit while I'm looking this up uh, you recently participated in Joko Cruise Crazy yeah. Which is basically uh-huh. a floating party version of, of any number of your shows. What was that experience like? Oop, I lost you. And you lost I'm back. Flo- okay. Floating partying version of... Any number of your guys' shows just turned up to yeah. it because you're on a cruise ship. What was that experience yeah. like? Floating floating party of a number of your shows is my Andrew W.K. tribute band. There it is. There it is, yeah. man. He just never stops, does he? No, he's a machine. I, I stop it. Make it stop, please. Uh, please. No, the that was that leave. was that was outstanding. Actually, uh, we it, it could not have gone better. Uh, stem to stern, if I uh, may coin it. See what you did there. Yeah. Uh, no, we were we were. Everyone was ecstatic with with how well that turned out. Um, 
for us Man. poor suckers who couldn't uh, attend, lay out, you know, what was the framework? How did it work? Well, it was... Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the, the idea was to have this um, a, a group comics um, on a boat for an entire week with a show every night and then opportunities to hang out with the performers and to do other things that um, that our crowd loves to do, like gaming. Um, some of the other folks on the cruise were uh, John Hodgman, we had Mike Furman, we had um, in, uh, John Roderick, musician best known from The Long Winters, um, Molly Lewis of the YouTube's theme, most prominently. Just this in- incredible variety of folks, and just an opportunity for people to, uh, almost like a floating con, sort of, uh, yeah. but more skewed towards music. And there was, um, you know, there were there was the main event concerts most nights, but there was also various uh, informal gatherings, and we encouraged people to form their own uh, gatherings. Like somebody put together a an iPhone handbell choir yeah. that practiced <laughs> and then performed uh, "Still Alive" on iPhone handbells, and there were people awesome. that did swing dancing lessons in the disco during the day when it wasn't being used, and. We had a fancy pants parade because how could you not? Yeah, and there was uh, there was uh, joke uh, Jonathan Colton karaoke one night, and then we had a rock band and uh, 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 what's the oh uh, screenings of uh, we we screened a, a riff tracks version of the happening one night. Yeah, we had uh, Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy, uh, both of Riff Tracks, formerly Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. So. Uh, and Bill Corbett had a, a play that he had, had written um, with a guy named Joseph Scrimshaw that was very funny. Just this huge variety of things, more or less designed to get really to get geeky people really excited um, with the entertainment and also to meet each other and hang out. So we had a game room that was open for a lot of the time, and uh, some people brought their games, a number of games were donated from like Steve Jackson games and stuff from Think Geek. So it was every, everywhere you looked, there were geeks and geeks doing geeky things and we're already planning the next one. That was my next question. Please, God, tell me you're doing it again because I want another crack. Yeah. I need to start saving yeah, we, my pennies now. We are yeah, and we're going to give everybody a lot more lead time too. Maybe, maybe precisely a year. So that's, uh, that's sort of what we're hoping for. Yep. Okay, guys, fun drive on VTW Productions for me to go on the cruise. Yes, that'll go over really well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll get <laughs> a lot. Uh, see, the whole thing is, you know, if I could get a stable internet connection out there, I would promise to stream all the shows, but that's not floating boat internet, uh, not the same thing. Yeah, it's on that. Not so bloody likely. Yeah, it was like dial-up. It was, yeah. it was really pretty excruciating. <laughs> Watching the text load... On the tweet. <clears throat> All right. From the forums, we have many questions, left side and even side. Here's one from left field from Basilil. What was your first video game system? Paul, go. Uh, Atari 2600. Right and I also had a, I had a knockoff of, uh, it wasn't Mattel football. 
it was uh, you know some some Korean knockoff of of Mattel football. No, back then wasn't it still Japan that was doing the knockoffs? I mean, we're talking twenty six hundred era. This is well, an era that's, that, that I'm gives, so old that I remember it. This gives you an idea of how poor a knockoff this was of Mattel oh. football. That wow. even back then it was made in Korea. <laughs> and Storm. Oh, oh, Storm. Hello. hello. There you go. Your first ah. video game system, if you had one. Uh, my first system, yes, was an Atari 2600, though before that, um, my folks brought home, they, uh, I think from Sears, uh, a Pong set, where it was basically a little box that you hooked up to the TV, and it, it just played Pong. So I wouldn't say it was the first system, um, but certainly when the 2600 came along, that was the last time I saw the light of day uh, for... For a good long time. Yeah. If you uh, want to go deep cuts, I was going to say, if you want to go deep cuts, I used to go visit my aunt and uncle in uh, Michigan, and they had an Odyssey system. Yeah, sure. Ooh. So well, if you really Odyssey, wanna... Okay, well, you're going to go one deeper? Go. Well, yeah. Um, Mattel football, you know, those were really the first uh, real gaming devices before consoles were around. You had these handhelds. Mm-hmm. Where it was just little red blinky lights yeah. that represented cheerleaders, say. Um, <laughs> Half game show, halftime show. That, that's right, Dick, Dick, Dick. There they go. It's exciting. My 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 first gaming system was that electronic football where you'd set the men up and plug it in and turn it on. You get. <laughs> as far as gaming consoles go, I think the Odyssey wins the. Old Man yeah. Get Off My Lawn Award, and for the record, Old Man Get Off My Lawn is my Bob Hope cover yep. band. Oh, good one. Good one. And and for those of you who don't know the Odyssey system, you would get the system, and you would get these translucent sheets that you would tape up Bye. to your TV screen. Yep. Like, I think you, I think they came in several different sizes or something like that, but you would actually, like, you know, in, in lieu of having actual backgrounds or anything like that, you would put these translucent sheets up, and they would function as, say, the the uh, tennis field or the haunted yep. house you had to wander around. My it's God. pretty sweet. We're that old. Yep. <sighs> yep. All right. That brings us nicely to our next music and beverage break. Well, beverages for us. I don't know about the rest of you. It's- Ah, we need to pick a track from the expansive library of Paul and Storm. What are you guys feeling like here for this mid-show break? Olgar. Frogger? Yeah. Frogger the musical? Frog. Yeah, and I'm going to let you guys set it up and all that because I have to go take care of a thing. Huh. The thing in the place with the guy. Billings. I will be... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you back at the, at, at the place near the thing where we went that time. <laughs> Very yeah, good. We, we actually wrote this for... Uh, something called Masters of Song Foo uh, for a friend of ours uh, website, Ken Plume, who now has a site called Fred.com. And the idea was you would uh, be given a theme ingredient of sort, kind of like uh, Iron Chef, and you then had to write a song and you were pitted against other competitors. And this one, we were challenged to write a song in three parts. And uh, it was Paul that thought of Frogger, because that game has three parts, if you look at the screen. And so this song is basically that video game made into a musical. Awesome. You enjoy, and people run off and take care of their various things. They need to 
We'll be back right after this rendition of Paul and Storm, Frogger, the Frogger Musical. Here at Casually Hardcore, we make up words. Biggerized to increase in size. Biggerized our guild. Main Argumus, the practice of playing only one character. Main Argumus, I like it. Elphosity, elphity, elphiness, pertaining to the greatness of elves. And hey, elphosity. <laughs> elphivity? I don't know. Yeah. Elphivity. Oh, elfiness. my elfiness. Scourgy, pertaining to the scourge. Scourge stuff is still scourgy. Casually hardcore, we make up words because we can. Every Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on vtwproductions.com. And I'm spent. Now why the chicken might have done it, I just couldn't say. But if I'm gonna make it home, this is the only way. Five lanes of traffic and embankment and a stream. It's like it's some kind of amphibian and fever dream. The total lack of law enforcement on this road's a crime. I'd write a letter, but I simply haven't got the time. Give me a call tomorrow if I haven't died. And I can tell you how I made it to the other side. Left, up, right. If I make it to the other side If you want to ride, I'll take you to the place we're heading toward. Hop on board, let's share this road together. Hop on board, we'll bear this load forever. If you're with me, there'll never be a river we can They'll never stop us, baby. Hop on board. Hop on board. Now that you have got my back, I see a new plan of attack. And suddenly. 
meticulous, sick as bitter of verses. Flipping it so quick the kids forget what the words is. It's slipping through my lips and seconds split into thirds. So you're listening to this before the thoughts have occurred. That's how it works, and it's the same when I'm flirting. People call me a jerk because of hearts I start hurting. But I've been called worse, I probably will be again. I've been encouraging flirts to start deserting their men. Plus, there's only one of me and like a million of them. Ladies want to believe, I want to be more than friends. I ain't to please, but I gotta be truthful. I ain't trying to see you packing a U-Haul. Now you all you're beautiful, so how can I choose? This whole thing is win-win, how can I lose? Let's go back to my place, don't refuse. One night don't make you gay, it just makes you confused. It's not hyperbole, the hype you heard. These flirty nerdy verses with the curses you couldn't believe. She'd be disturbing my peace, birdie be yearning to meet me. But afterwards, she'd be mad when she tweets. Daddy, you're a sexist lesbian. Most seen with obscene breeder friends. The get laid schemes of dykes and men. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Casually hardcore? Are you sure? I thought I recorded an intro for them like two years ago. What do you mean they've changed radio stations and have got to record another? You've got to be kidding. Wait, did you say that there would be ale? Right then, let's do this. You're listening to Casually Hardcore, only on vtwproductions.com. Right, I said it, now where's me drink? Alpha Geek Interviews continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com, and Paul and Storm are wondering, what the hell is a pusser? Yeah, and why do they want pants? <laughs> Pussar is, well, she's Norwegian, for one thing, um, which explains a lot of things, I guess. Uh, she's like a pants fetish or something. Uh, she's a frequent uh, participator in our Internet Relay chat and actually one of our IRC representatives when she's not busy attending school and all that. And, mm. yeah, she's his pants thing, and I don't know. I just work here. Because I have some, some really nice yellow pants. I have some pleather pants. Um, but I'm afraid um, I don't have them on me at the moment. Well, never mind that. But I mean, I, I see like an auction or something going on here, which could fund my trip to Joko Cruise Crazy ah. too. Aha! All part of the plan. I don't wear them, but I'm not. I, I cannot part with my yellow pants. Don't no. tell them you don't wear them. We'll just get a different pair. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was it'll that just my make loud it voice? More, it'll make it all the more valuable when they are auctioned. That's yeah. why I, I say that. Ah, see, you need to work on this whole. Lying to make money thing. That's the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on into the territory of this wonderful thing that came into being recently. I refer to Wootstock. Yeah. Yeah. Whose idea was this? It's ours. Totally. <laughs> Completely proprietary ours. We own it. We're declaring okay. it uh, on this podcast so that so that we can copyright it. <laughs> no, We've already uh, copyrighted it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Storm, you want me to do the two-minute version, or you? Uh, you go Mister. ahead. You, you take this one. You take this okay. one. Uh, the short version is we were we Paul and Storm were looking to do some dates on the west coast as ourselves like without Jonathan uh but we didn't quite have the uh confidence to just do it alone since it's a long way away and it costs a lot of money to go perform in California and and such and so we thought maybe we can find somebody to share the bill with and at this point uh, by this time, we had become reasonably good friends uh, through PAX and such with, with Will Wheaton. And we said, ooh, uh, you know, we know, you know we'll, we'll read stories. And we had talked about it at some point, trying to team up and, and do some things together. And we also had thought, because uh, one of the places we were going to be doing the show was in San Francisco. And we had not too long previously met Adam Savage and become friends with him because... Uh, that's my star fucking nature. Oh, I swore. <laughs> I said the F word. Um, but oh, anyway, shit, we're screwed. <laughs> but uh, we, we had, he had come to a show of ours and, and we, we all got along great. Uh, and so we called up Will and said, how would you like to do a show together? And he was all for it. And it sort of snowballed. And we said, well, let's make a real event out of this. Let's see if Adam is, would like to do a show as well. We'll make it, you know, this, this big night of, of these, uh, these three entertainment icons of Adam Savage and Will's, uh, I almost said Will Smith. <laughs> Not the same thing. Not the no. same thing. So the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> He's just not quite as fresh. But, uh, you know, us and Adam and Will... And uh, Adam was absolutely up for it uh, because we had seen him uh, on the internet. He's he's done some speaking at various conventions and such, and was a great storyteller. And at that point, we said, "Well, if it's really going to be an event, let's you know let's make it almost uh, a convention in miniature concert form, where you know let's 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 do this thing. Sort of you know nobody out there seemed to be doing it." Uh, in you know, I mean, obviously there were there were conventions, you know, things like PAX that were all about uh, you know the the audience experience, like not just being sort of nerd and geeky centric, but also you know really um, you know not not just doing it for show's sake, but for for really sort of creating this community spirit among everyone attending, and that was sort of the vibe we were hoping to capture, and so we started programming. Uh, the shows in that capacity, uh, and then I don't remember who came up with the actual name Wootstock, but it was just just crappy enough of a pun uh, that we we thought we thought it could stick pretty well. And totally did works. the first few, sh- yeah, did the first few shows, and they were huge successes, and did a bunch more. Yeah, and, and so, vibe wise, we were, we were really were very consciously trying to have that same sort of feel-good energy that you find at PAX and at PAX East. Um, that more than anything, of course, we wanted people who were funny and interesting and geeky, but also who were just cool and fun people to hang out with, and that if we did that, it would reflect on stage. Like we, It was as much to get all of these cool, geeky performers and interesting people and writers together um, as it was to put on a great show, and mm-hmm. it really, it was, uh, it worked right away. It just worked right away. 
So the typical Wootstock performance would be a blend of music, storytelling, and insert random presentation here, and it varies from gig to gig. Yeah, yeah. kind of. There, there'll be there'll also be a few sort of short film breaks with you know little music videos and and other video things. Uh, you know, sort of a multimedia extravaganza. Ooh, using the, the, the phrase multimedia seriously in a sentence. and uh, Yeah, and, and appropriately. Who knew? But you could call it a, a variety show or even a vaudeville show, like a geeky vaudeville show. And we usually have a, a meet and greet at the end of it. Not everybody comes out at the end for a meet and greet. Um, but that's sort of a nice thing, too, because it really is more than a conventional show. Um a real sense of connection between the performers and the audience. I mean, vaudeville, you, you do have this underage female ukulele player, right? So that's totally vaudeville. That's, tr- that's true. So Molly shows up and she has and had she enough name. She, well, she's had enough name days now that she can, she can get in. <laughs> Good George. Storm with the George R. R. Martin reference. Nice. Every- yeah, everyone needs to read the Game of Thrones series so that we can start making those references more broadly. So, yeah, Hodor. Hodor, Hodor, get on that. Hodor, Hodor. 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 let's let's Hodor. see how quickly Hodor. that shows Hodor. up in the IRC chat. The most important casting announcement for the HBO edition was who's playing Hodor and yeah. what yeah. are his lines. He's on. Yeah. Uh, he's on Twitter. Somebody. Uh, somebody forwarded be he's like, like right next door to Drunk Hulk. <laughs> no, no, he's he's like no, he's, he's a he's 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 a six foot ten Irish musician. I do not remember his name offhand, but just last week I think we were we were you know every once in a while we'll just Twitter Hodor back and forth, <laughs> and somebody somebody forwarded that to him, somebody who knew who it was, and and he sort of chimed in, and yeah, and a couple of, yeah a couple of clicks later it was like holy crap it's Hodor, <laughs> <laughs> the miracle of the internet. Yep. Quote Mr. Stark, winter is coming. But anyway. See, you're in a crowd here where we would totally get every single R.R. Martin reference you make, despite the fact that the bastard would appear to have stopped writing books and started <laughs> yeah, television I'm shows almost, instead. I'm almost done with Feast for Crows. And, Slow down. Uh, He's not I know. moving forward. You're catching him. I know. I'm, I'm ready to join the army of the when will you write the next friggin' book. And I'm always concerned that he's going to pull a freaking Roger Zelazny on me and, like, croak before he finishes the series. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Robert I'll, Jordan I'll I didn't right. shed as many tears over because he drove me away from his series ages ago. But Zelazny, I will find him in the afterlife, throw him to the ground, and kneel on his windpipe. I'll, I'll finish it, but the next book is just going to be about how Hodor becomes a rock star. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he invents the electric guitar... And he, just unites the kingdom. That's right. He, he releases his debut album, Hodor. 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 It's hit single, Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. Yeah. Parentheses, with, Hodor. With the backup band, the Hodors and the Hodor Girls. Yeah, Hodor, Hodor and the Hodors. <laughs> that ain't right. Don't do drugs, kids. All right, uh, so, but anywho. Yeah, Woodstock. I think we talked about Woodstock at some point before Woodstock, Hodor yes. took over the show. Um, do you have plans to bring that to Phoenix anytime soon? I mean, uh, future dates planned, or just uh, is that in the nebulous, we will do it again sometime soon? We are working yeah. on future dates. Go ahead, Storm. Yeah, it's certainly in the 
sort of our standard answer is, yes, we absolutely want to get there, but no, we have no solid plans yet. So it's uh, very much, uh, it's tricky calculus trying to get um, ours and Adam's and Will's schedules lined up. And then once we do that, to figure out what cities we can get to and if we can get the right venue. So uh, for everybody who asks, absolutely, we want to get to your city, including across uh, across the waters in the UK and other places as well. Um, and, and we will get there, but not yet. And yeah. for those who uh, wish I, to keep I, an eye on things, what is the website for that one? It's uh, Woodstock.net. And that's with, uh, you can spell it with O's or zeros. Technically, zeros, W-O-O-T, or W-0-0-T is, is the, the technically correct way of spelling it, but either one will work, I believe. Yes, uh, and I—it's not telling any tales out of school at this point to say that while nothing is official, we are in active ping mode to try and get it back to uh, San Diego Comic Con this year. Like I say, that, that's not an official announcement, but you know, we—we—I uh, I know Will had mentioned it in his blog, so it's not like some super trade secret that we are trying very hard and hoping to make it happen at least there. Uh, that's the only one that—that's talk about uh, and we have sort of a a longer range uh i'd say it's um it's not as nebulous as to be a just a dream but not so solid as to be a plan of doing some kind of all-day or multi-day actual festival um but that again is just something that's uh it's a a little further down the road yeah. Phoenix is beautiful in the winter, guys, and we got these wonderful <laughs> stages. You could do multi. Anyway, just saying. Just let's, saying. Let, let's talk after and see if there are some appropriate places. So. Yeah, so give us some numbers. Dude, yeah. I can pretend like I've got pull in all kinds of places if it gets you heading this way because I'm a selfish son of a bitch. But there we go. That's another story. All right. So, yes, Wootstock is the most recent manner in which you guys have shown up on all of our various radars. Uh, you also badly need to uh, start streaming your uh, shows on the internet because not all of yeah. us can come across the world to get to you. <laughs> and again, it is in fact all about me. Yeah. Well, that's that's the way of the world. Yes, it is. Alright, we'll do some more questions here from the forums. Uh, from GoHex, we have Have you ever met Felicia Day? If so, I'm jealous. Yes, she's terrific. We have. So, she's our buddy. Yeah, yeah. We met her for the first time, went on tour with Jonathan in, um, uh, I guess it was in Austin, Texas, yep. where we had sort of, we had pinged each other on Twitter, and it turns out she was, we were there, and she found out that we were playing not far from there, and it was this, oh, wow, you know, so awesome thing. And then uh, when we've gone out to L.A., um, we've uh, we've hung out some, and with uh, with Sandeep and Kim Evie and uh, Jeff Lewis, just a number of the people involved with the Guild. Um, Sandeep, that so guy's they're... nuts. He is. Oh, yeah, he's hysterical. He's coming um, to Phoenix Comic Con this year, and I, I'm afraid. Oh, <laughs> be afraid. A really fun bunch <laughs> of people. Oh, cutting in and out. Anybody yeah, hear me? Okay. Oh, yeah, we Yay. Fine. Yeah. Also from GoHex here, 
Do you guys ever plan to put chords of your music up? That would be awesome. Huh. Uh, that's mostly on me, since so much of it is sort of guitar-based. We're not really musicians. I mean, we are. <laughs> we are Hold musicians. We make, we make music, and we make decent music, but as far as, like, neither of us, we, we always did music, but none of us, neither of us were music majors. Music theory wasn't something that that I certainly, I never really studied. So it takes a very long time to actually sit down and figure out what the hell it is that I've written. <laughs> There's some sheet music out there in some tabs for some of the songs, um, but it would just take, be too painful uh, to, to actually transcribe everything. Yeah. But we heartily encourage if anyone out there wants to, you know, write up the chords or tabs for any You're of our songs. Sue. We're not going to yeah. sue, and we'll happily proofread them for you. Like, it'll be easier <laughs> for us to go back and, and you know, play through with it. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that sounds right. Okay, no, change this one here. You know, we'll, we'll correct your work for you, but we just don't want to do the work. Yeah. There you go, it's Go creative. Hex, you have an assignment. Uh, yeah, it's Creative Commons, so, you know, you can, you can make sheet and... All right, and lastly, from GoHex, if you could wrap something in bacon, what would you choose, or whom? Paul, go. Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry, we lost you. Oh, sorry. Super I, I, will, I will restate the question, also from GoHex. Lastly, if you could wrap something in bacon, what would you choose, or whom? Paul, go. Uh, more bacon. Bacon wraps bacon is where... That's like dividing by zero, isn't it? Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> Storm? Uh, let's go with Felicia Day, since we were just talking about it. <laughs> That's an image. I'm going to yeah. go with Storm on this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely young lady. All right, moving down the list here. From Aran. Have you ever had a fantastic idea for something, only to forget it just as you were going to work on it? Because I just did with this question. Uh, that happens to me far too often, especially considering I have a recording device in my pocket at all times called an iPhone. Uh, so I, so I, I literally have no excuse for that kind of thing. Uh, other than, I fe even when I'm alone in my car, I feel like an absolute idiot, like just sort of singing a song idea into it. I know, and that's, you know, it's all on me, and it's all, uh, a t it's a terrible attitude to have. Uh, as a working musician, but I just feel like a dork when I'm singing like a melody line into my phone or something. So uh, regularly, I, I forget things. Um, I've sometimes I I do have ideas and I forget them, and sometimes I remember them and realize they weren't that great. So my <laughs> that happens. Is, I was gonna say that. Go ahead. If it's a truly great idea, you'll remember it later especially when it comes to music. So yeah. I was going to say that happens to me in dream with dreams a lot like I will dream that I am I've come up with this really cool song idea or or what have you and I will wake up and if I remember it 90% of the time it's really awful. Yeah. <laughs> I I am a much better musician in my dreams I guess than I am in life. Your subconscious huh. is trying to kill you. Yeah. From Evil Otaku why doesn't Paul have a cool pseudonym like Storm, or did Storm's parents just really like the X-Men? I saw this question before, and my answer to them is, uh, how do you know that Paul isn't my really cool pseudonym? Ah. And how do you, and how do you know that Storm is my actual pseudonym? 
<laughs> Ooh, mystery upon There's mystery wrapped in a sauce. Pseudonyms within pseudonyms. Not touching that one. Okay. From none. That's my that's my residence cover band, by the way. See, I saw the door opening and I could not slam it shut fast enough. And I lost you. And you're uh, no, you were here the whole time. Oh, okay. I, I was just you... wasn't saying anything. I was just thinking really hard. Oh, gotcha. From none left on the forums, we have what is the longest time that the captain's wife's lament has gone on for? I went back and looked this up actually yeah. because we've said numerous numbers over the over the months, uh, and it actually it was at Woodstock, Chicago. And it was just under 38 minutes from uh, announcement of song to uh, to end of song. And that doesn't count some preamble before we actually announced the song. Yeah. <laughs> Technicalities count. Yep. yep. Come to Phoenix. We'll top it. I promise. <laughs> you don't know that you want to do that, though. Yeah. People talk like it's a great thing to break the the Captain's Wife's Lament record. And I don't know if you want to do that necessarily. (laughs) I've been to your concerts. I have a hard time not thinking that it wouldn't be fun the entire time. (laughs) Well, Peter Sagal would differ with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's got weird eyebrows, so who cares? (laughs) He does. Stupid (laughs) NPR guy, jerk. High intelligence, entertaining, talented person. (laughs) Anyway. You know, don't aspire to be as one third as good as him. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, from none left. Also, does the restraining order that Christy Lee put on the Barytones have any chance of being lifted in the next five to ten years? Not likely. <laughs> not likely. Can you Although, say not likely in in four part harmony. Yeah. Three of no. three of the four are in prison now. So, and the yeah. one the, the fourth has no interest in reuniting. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, you know I. We haven't we haven't unfurled some some four part harmony in, in a while you know never say never it's yeah, I mean it, it was such a part of our lives for so long uh, whether it's the berry tones or or some uh, new project involving the berry tones I wouldn't be surprised to see us uh, uh, haul out the haul out the barbershop one of these one of these months or weeks or years Acapella never forgets yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, there's a chance there that, that that should have been your something something cover band. Acapella never forgets, but oh, our rock cover band, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rockapella or uh, or the uh, Persuasions. Persuasions. Yep. Even better. All right. Last question from None Left. What is your favorite and least favorite song you have written and performed so far? Hmm. <laughs> well, least favorite we could probably agree on. Can we? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, least favorites, or well, not that it's the awfulest thing ever written, but it was disappointing because it was not what we wanted it to be. Was probably uh, uh, the the Bobby loves Jamie the ten ten word song. Oh no thing. no no! I song. disagree. I just dis- oh no, you do really? Not- yeah. Oh, I disagree. You know, well, it's because that's got an eagle eagle scream in it. So that's no what no no. I, I I actually I love the music on that. Like the song is on the whole is disappointing, but the music makes me very happy. So. Oh, okay, I rather like the Boolean love song, but I I'm strange. Yeah, well, I mean, it was like like I say, as much of it uh, on that one was it was it was a suboptimal situation for writing it because we were on the road, and so we were uh, much of it at a certain point was limited to what we could do on GarageBand on my Mac. 
and uh, I wasn't very adept at using GarageBand at the time. So, so there was there was a, let's just say there was a lot of compromise and, and good enough involved in the completion of that song. Gotcha. I would agree that it's it's our most disappointing song. You know. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll 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 allow that. I'm that that works for me. It didn't. It didn't uh, flower into the beautiful orchid that it should have been. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was more of a very interesting plastic uh, bouquet. Yeah, but that said, a lot of people like like yourself have said that they really enjoyed that song. So you know, uh, that, you never really want. It was a rule we'd said a long time ago in Da Vinci's Notebook that like every song is somebody's favorite song. Um, and, and, I, so- and I love listening to Boulay and Love Song. Like, I really do. So, Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, well so what there. were you going to say then? What, what's your least favorite then? I don't really have... That's the thing, is there are no songs that I look at it and go, God, I wish we hadn't done that. You know? Like, yeah. every one of them came from a real place, I feel. I guess there were... There's one song that we did when we were doing the News to Us thing for Bob and Tom that... Um, that I thought was horrible, but we didn't even put that on the album. So yeah, that's true. More I or suppose. Less lost to time. Yeah. But, um, but favorite wise, that's that's as tough, if not tougher, because yeah. it's sort of there's songs I love listening to sometimes, and then if you're talking about performance, um, I'd say my favorite song is always the new Ace up the sleeve that we have. That feeling of I cannot wait to spring this song on the audience because they have no idea it's coming and they're just going to be floored. So it's less about a specific song than it is about how you, how you reach people. So your favorite song will always be the next one you have to premiere. The next awesome one that we have to premiere. It's not enough just to have a new song. It's that, that feeling of having something you know is good and that that people don't know it's going to hit them yet. I have this thing, and soon I will be able to share it. Yeah. Yes. And the moment in, in live performance, like, you put it in the middle of the set somewhere, but you know it's going to be great, and just that, that even when you're singing the song before it, knowing that it's next, it just sort of lifts you up, and you get this wily feeling, where, and you rub your hands together like Monty Burns, um, and then <laughs> release the hound. Oh no, different, different feeling. Excellent. No, it is that feeling. It is release it's the hound. Tenting like Monty. <laughs> ah. Excellent. All right. What was yeah. the next one? I've lost my window. There's my window. From, and I don't have no idea what the hell this question is, but I'm going to say it because it has an interesting word in it. From Gromit. Question for Paul and Storm. Did you ever find out what a bumper gif was? No, yes, we never no. did. Mostly well, no. I need context. So uh, okay. on our, on, on our podcast, well, you, you discovered the words. So okay. You yeah, okay. Uh, I, I have a book. In fact, it's sitting right here because I've, uh, I've forgotten the exact title of it. Uh, it's a book called American Vaudeville, It's Life and Times by a guy named Douglas Gilbert. And it was published in like 1950... Uh, 1940. Excuse me, it was published, and it's sort of this, you know, full of the full uh, history of vaudeville, and it used uh, several times. It uses the term bumberjiff, 
uh, and doesn't explain it and doesn't give much context other than it is something somebody is chewing on, like a, a, an act, you know, be describing an act like, you know, Simeon Lee would often come trotting out on stage chewing a piece of Bumberjiff. Hmm. And I went to the internet because the internet knows all, and I plugged that word into Google, and nothing comes up. Wow. And what? I have looked it up in various. Uh, I've looked it up in various uh, dictionaries. No luck. And I heard a theory of fans' father, so a dad. This is a dad theory, which makes so it's it more valid. Got credence, yeah. Um, that it was probably some kind of hokum hype type thing to make it seem exotic. So that almost like how you would say, you know, homeopathic. Oh, that Ooh, must be great. Naturopathic. You know? Right. Bumberjiff was just like a jargon to make it seem exotic. Like from that same era, uh, the term bumbershoot, the, the term bumber was a thing and represented the mystic east uh, from bamboo and that you would associate it with mysticism, the unknown, the exotic. So that's yeah. our, our current, uh, or at least what I think, I agree with the dad theory on that one. I'm thinking yeah. in frame of you know, Phineas Taylor Barnum of, see the amazing egress. Yes, yes. exactly. And his Ch- bumberjiff. Chew the exotic bumberjiff. Mm-hmm. Hey, it tastes like bazooka bubblegum. It's bumberjiff. No, it's bumberjiff from the Orient. That's right. <laughs> Special. Now, run along, kid. From Sean Caster on the forums, I have to know who won the nun fight. They never fought it. It was you called... Know, it's it's funny because usually I am the worst as far as when, you know, when you've got some sort of a cliffhanger type thing in, say, a movie or whatnot, and, and you ask the creator to say... You know what really happened, or like like in Inception, when people ask Christopher Nolan, you know, is he still dreaming at the end, or is he not? And he just refuses to answer. Or you know, was Tony Soprano killed at the end of The Sopranos or not? Uh, but that said, uh, I I refuse to I refuse to speculate as to who yeah. won the nut fight. Well, also I mean, you'd I'll, have to say her whole name, so we don't have that kind of time. Uh-huh. And obviously, they're well matched. You know, yeah, they're, they're, uh, it was a really well put together event uh, they haven't fought it yet they recorded that for the uh, for the event itself and it kept getting postponed so hopefully they'll fight it eventually keep us posted tune in to paulandstorm.com for results later in the year <laughs> alright a couple more questions from the forums and then we will hit you I'll get my Lipton on and I will nail you with the questionnaire Okay. Completely warned and have had plenty of time to hit the Google and prepare. All right. From Boba Fetish on the forums, we have what games do you guys enjoy to kill time uh, when you have your own geek time, and what would be your favorite time killer? Ah. Uh, Both of us of late have uh, gotten into uh, Settlers of Catan, or just Catan, as it is called sometimes by those in the know. Mm hmm. Certainly, the version that's on the Xbox uh, hey, 360. Exactly. And Even. those are the people. Those are the people in the know. Actually, got to play it for reals uh, as a board game for the first time on Joko Cruise Crazy, and uh, enjoyed it very much. Uh, kind of wish there were more opportunities to play games like that um, 
yeah, for reals. Perhaps at Packy, pa- Packy, Packy, at Packy, I shall play it. Packy. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what do I? I actually i I played Call. I've played Modern Warfare for a very long time, uh, and I've been playing uh, Black Ops, though not as zealously. Uh, time waster wise, Angry Birds. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a boring answer. <laughs> but for the very long time, Angry Birds was the time waster of choice. They're making a Am freaking I- board game out of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, more yeah. power to them, I say. I'm not making oh, it up. The, the aforementioned um, have been just burning through the, uh, the the Song of Ice and Fire series, George R. R. Martin, the Game of Thrones, um, really to the point where my wife is kind of justifiably pissed off at me because my mind has been so focused on <laughs> devouring this world and getting through it before I hear about everything that happens. So I need to know if Jon Snow gets home safe or not. Oh, don't say la 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 la. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I I am amazed that I have managed to get through. I mean, I I haven't started the fourth book yet. Storm is uh, is however far. How far are you through book four at this point? I am at like page eight hundred and something. I'm pretty close. To wow, you go. Oh. I'm pretty. But close I'm to- I'm amazed I've gotten as far as I have gotten. Spoiler free. Yeah, seriously. But that's the thing. We're still on the bottom part of the curve where most people haven't read it or encountered it. So, um, thankful for that. For the love of God, stop looking at IRC because they will be coming with the spoilers. <laughs> I can guarantee it. Wheaton's Law people, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Oh no, but it's too everyone, late. everyone on the station knows that I do subscribe to Wheaton's Law, so guys, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from one more from the from Biomed Alchemist. This one comes. What do you think is the state of the tribe as we stand now? And in parentheses, says the tribe equals the term that Gnomewise, me, uses for geekdom as a whole. What does it mean to be a member of the tribe to you guys? And what will happen to it as technology continues to pull more and more people into the fringes of our little corner of the verse? Well. <laughs> the, the thing about it is, like, I sort of uh, weep for the day that it becomes too commonplace just to say I'm a geek, I'm a nerd. We're probably already there and past it. And um, actually, Patton Oswalt had a really good essay that, that spoke to this, um, where it's sort of, okay, at what point is it we're just feeding on ourselves and just it's just become recursive and no longer fresh and original um, if it ever was but um, I don't think that we're there and I think that as long as there are people who uh, who grow up awkwardly and that there are people who are willing to pursue um, just what they love um, regardless of what what larger popular tastes may dictate it'll work out fine the thing is you know, and then in time, those may become elevated into acceptable, and it might be the things that that geeks and nerds are frowning upon and thinking aren't cool or hip for them that will be the things. Um, so that's not very concise, but mm-hmm. I'll say that's the current state of the tribe. Well, in in what you said, there is something I have observed as well, which is 
I don't think there's any larger percentage of the population now than ever before that are nerdy, geeky, socially awkward, whatever you want to call us. I think that the information age and the internet and more specifically tools like Twitter, Facebook, that kind of social media thing that is the, the great buzzword of late is really allowing us to find each other and form our communities much more efficiently than ever before. I mean, yep. I run a freaking podcasting hub on the internet. That The fact that that even exists and is a place where we can say, hey, come over here, there's more of us like you here, is you know, something that didn't exist before. So I don't think there's any more of us. I think we're just a lot more skilled at locating each other and communicating with each other in a way that we are all comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And sure. I'm loving it. Sure, absolutely. And a couple more quick-fire ones because they're really good questions even though we're running low on time. What is Molly Lewis like in person? Exactly she's, what you think she is. She's just as charming and, uh, and clever and fun to be around as you would imagine, because that really is her when she's looking into the camera and and uh, and being herself. Yeah, and and she really pisses me off, frankly, because she is such a seasoned and mature performer at 21 years old. Uh, when I think back to what a complete idiot I was when I was yeah. her age, like <laughs> she, she she makes me mad because she she's makes me wish. She's setting the bar pretty high there, huh? I yeah. know, and I can't go back and fix it. For myself, so. And finally, for our final question from the forums, between pie or cake, which is the champion and what flavor of said champion are your favorites? Storm, go. German chocolate cake. Nom, nom, nom. Paul. Uh, but I also enjoy pie. Yeah, <laughs> no, cake is obviously the winner, as Paul F. Tompkins has long established. Uh, for me, I, I'm pretty simple. Like a, like a yellow cake with a chocolate frosting it is always my go-to cake. Mm, simple and elegant and yummy yeah alright as the great Lipton says we have reached that part in our program where we reach for the questionnaire used so effectively for so many years by Bernard Pivot over in that French place <laughs> for those shows that he did which mm -hmm. I will not attempt to pronounce because I am not French and never will be all right, I have my list. My cheat sheet is available, and we will go first to Paul. Yes. Your favorite word. Uh, oh, favorite word. That is a good question. Uh, there, I had an English teacher whose favorite two words were hemorrhoid and diarrhea. Ha, <laughs> uh, Because of the way they employed the RRH. Uh, and, but I can't really honestly say those are my favorite words. I would have to say my favorite word these days is Hodor. Hodor. <laughs> God, I love Twitter. <laughs> Storm, what is your favorite word? Uh, first word that popped into my mind when you asked it, cantankerous. Cantankerous. It doth roll off the tongue. Storm, what is your least favorite word? Frown. Paul, what is your least favorite word? Insomnia. Oh, yeah. Paul, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally? Uh, uh, comedy in the, in the broad 
sense of the word comedy, not just necessarily stand-up or slapstick or what have you, but just sort of the concept of comedy overall really gets me going. And what turns you off? Uh, it is incredibly cliche to say, uh, but negativity. Specifically, like, uh, unnecessary confrontation. And Storm, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, pure enthusiasm. When someone is doing something, it's so clear. There's no artifice behind it. It's just they're doing it just because they love it. And We're talking about Molly but, Lewis again here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, in part. I think anybody who's successful creatively uh, has to have that. So that's my, my answer on that. As far as what, turn-offs... Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll just say what turns you off. Um, um, meanness is things that are are done for the express purpose of hurting people. And Paul, the big one, the one that everyone loves to hear, which you probably already had it on the show. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, lately, I've been a big fan of shit balls. <laughs> I can work like with just, that. Like when I drop something on the like some food on the floor or something. Ah, shit balls. And Storm, what do you got? Slap nuts. <laughs> I think you've successfully topped shitballs. It's just such a great term. I'm I'm writing those down. I'm gonna, those will find use in my daily life. And back to... Oh, we'll stay with Storm. What sound or noise do you love? <laughs> the, the kerplop of something landing in water just the right way. And what sound or noise do you hate? Um, I don't think there's a, a sound that I hate. Eric, they can all be consumed in their own way. Nothing that makes you cringe or otherwise not I'm want to hear it? I, I, I am frightened in my brain frazzles if I am unexpectedly confronted with a very loud sound. So excessively sharp, loud sounds. I'll go with that. So jackhammer firing up just one wall away from you unexpectedly would, would not rate high. Correct, but walking through a neighborhood and hearing a jackhammer, that's okay. And Paul, what is your favorite sound or noise? Uh, a belly laugh, especially uh, my family's belly laughs. And what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, the sound of my dog vomiting in another room. <laughs> and it specifically, like, beyond the fact that it's just an awful sound, uh, knowing that I'm going to have to get up and clean it up. Because it's, it's, it's always at 3 a.m. <laughs> yep. I think David Tell does a stand-up bit where he says that that noise should be the alarm clock noise. Because the minute you hear it, you're out of bed, you're in a karate stance, and you are ready for the day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, where were we here? Going over to Storm. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Architect or community planner. Architect on a grand scale. And what profession would you absolutely not want to be involved with? Bureaucracy. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that one. Paul, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh... Uh, if it's not cheating to say acting. You are, you are not st strictly an actor when you are doing musical comedy yes, performance. Though, so I will, I I will strut, accept it. I, though I strut and fret my hour upon the stage. 
<laughs> and you do you often signify nothing? Uh, all, at all times. I see. So yes, uh, actor is completely valid response to that one. And what profession would you absolutely not like to partake of? Uh, the sanitation, anything sanitation related, cleaning toilets, a garbage man. I don't like bad smells. Filth is not your thing. Filth's not my thing. I'm not. I'm not even OCD. I just really don't like filth. You're not alone. And Paul, finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, took you long enough. <laughs> Indeed. And Storm, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? The beer just arrived. And it's not American Light Lager. I'm sorry, that was my my, my coda there. Quite all right, <laughs> as home brewer, I can I, I grok that. Oh, Plum. I did not realize Plum. that you also were a home brewer. I, I my respect been... for you just ratcheted up about fifteen thousand huh. notches. That's I, a lot I of notches. I may have lost my cred. It's been many years since I've I've brewed in the home. It has only gotten easier and easier. In fact, I was supposed to have had a brew day yesterday. Instead, uh, my daughter had strep throat, so it has been postponed. It's no fun if it's easy. <laughs> oh, uh, no, no. Sanitize, sanitize, sanitize. But anyway, thank you both very much for taking the time out of your lives to participate in this episode of Alpha Geek Interviews. I, my inner nerd is completely satiated and will remain so for at least 12 hours uh, before I start pestering my next victim uh, for time on the air. Join well, thank them. you. Well, thank you, and look forward to the next live show of yours that I am able to get myself in front of. The sooner the better. Everyone should keep your eyes peeled on paulandstorm.com and wootstock.net for information about upcoming shows from our guests. And you can also obtain all of the aforementioned music, much of which you have heard played on the show tonight, at paulandstorm.com. Check them out. Creative Commons is your friend. Inexpensive music from talented people to share with your friends. What is not to love about that? Storm, final words. Yes. Yeah, it's technically a word. <laughs> Paul, what do you got? Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> Those are also words. Check us out on the web, www.vtwproductions.com. Click on the Shows button and check out all the fine shows on the network. You will be glad that you did. I have been Gnomewise, that has been Paul, and that has been Storm. Keep an eye on the front page of vtwproductions.com for when the next episode of Alpha Geek Interviews will be airing. And our regular schedule of regular live shows is also available by clicking the link on the left-hand side. For now, we are going to go out on the live presentation recording of the captain's wife's lament which has just vanished from the queue of course it has there no! ha. i do this on a semi-professional level not <laughs> thank you very much for listening enjoy this really in the scale of things terribly abbreviated presentation of the captain's wife's lament and we will see you on the interwebs. We are out of here. Good boss. But enough of this yakking because it is now time for a song about pirates. 
I think they be ready for this one. Indeed. <laughs> the scurvy crew. Uh-oh. The perilous lighting. <laughs> it's red skies at night, sailor's delight. Orange sky behind us. Something My needs to remind us. us. <laughs> <laughs> We're right here. You can find us. <laughs> With the panties, they shall bind us. <laughs> One panty to rule them all. <laughs> oh, man, do I love a geek crowd. Um, okay, you are going to be our swarthy pirate crew, and when we cue you, and only when we cue you... That, that was not a cue, it was a waggle. When we cue you, let forth with a full-throated piratical R. Practice it now! R! Hit me two times! R! R! Hit us! Pie times! Couple of you going off the gangplank a little early there. That would be the public school students rounding up to four. There's some very oblong circles out here in Minneapolis, I guess. Oblong Circles is our Oingo Boingo cover band. <laughs> All right, one more time, practice. Excellent. It has been our pleasure performing for you this evening. This last song is called The Captain's Wife's Lament. We are beginning it at 8.26 p.m. Those of you who have not seen us, I mention that because you will be wondering why we are still singing it at 9.17 p.m. <laughs> And those of you who've seen us know that I am not kidding. <laughs> the ship sailed into harbor after 15 months at sea. The captain hit the tavern with his crew of 53. That be ye. Arr! Give me an R. What's that spell? <laughs> Everyone passes the pirate's SAT. Is no pirate left behind. <laughs> it's gonna be one of these crowds tonight, then, huh? Took us took us forty eight minutes to figure you out, but now we got you clocked. One more time. I'm just marking time because I forgot where we were. Ah, yes, crew of fifty three. After drinking up their pay, they staggered through the town. But, but all the inns and public houses turned the sailors down. Dejected are. Oh, sympathetic pirates. <laughs> Give us a pity R. <laughs> Give us a surprised R. Give us a suave Billy D. Williams sexy R. Yeah, you're some sexy pirates. You truly belong with us here among the clouds. Give us a confused R. Give us a Scooby-Doo R. Same thing with a little extra gravy on top. <laughs> uh, for you Top Chef fans out there... Apparently, confusion plus gravy equals Scooby-Doo. 
28, four lines in. Uh, I believe uh, we dejected, like dejected R. R. No, not yet. I'm going to let him wait. Because we've got a good 12, 24, 80 more minutes of this song. Closer to 80, judging by this bunch. Dejected R. The captain said, fear not me, lads, you all can come with me. I live just around the corner, and you all can stay for free. Hopeful R. R. What kind of socks you like best? Where can you find on the radio dial Garrison Keeler? And what's your favorite character, what he plays? Yeah, I believe our friend is one of Chunky. House lights, where was he? Oh, that's good. Shine a light in our... There we go. That's called pandering to the regional crowd. <laughs> Who's your favorite droid? From your favorite movie? Star Wars. <laughs> what be, what'd be your favorite chemical element? What's your favorite crime? Arson. Wait, who said our ape? <laughs> Tis not cool. Nay means nay. Uh, Oh, you know, since the momentum has yet again ground to a screeching halt, now's as good a time as ever to mention the official Paul and Storm Dejected R t-shirt for sale. Complete with a treasure map on the back that leads to the end of this song. But we left oh so long ago at Hopeful R. When the captain's wife awoke upon the break of day They say that you could hear her wailing Clear to Bodney Bay Did we ask for a Shatner R? (laughs) But thank you for enabling us, sir would of course be a Shatnar. <laughs> Who be your favorite bald captain of the Enterprise? <laughs> okay, we're gonna do one more, then we'll finish. Shh. <laughs> Steer the ship into Riddlin Bay. We're gonna do one more. We're gonna finish the song, then we'll be done, and you all can go pee. After you get up, yeah, not immediately. Back. There. That's not Guthrie's, an order. Guthrie's too nice. Just for a suggestion. That. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates have no manners. <laughs> All right. 
Seriously, shut the hell up. <laughs> Be very quiet. One final R. She said there's semen all around the bed, semen on the floor, semen in the bathroom and behind the closet door. There's semen in the fireplace and semen in the hall. The living room is carpeted with semen wall to wall. There's semen in the entryway and semen on the stair. And worst of all, there's even semen in the underwear. There's some behind the larder and beneath the table too. I do believe your semen got to do me Irish too. My God, there's even semen hanging from the chandelier. There's semen on the windowsill, semen in the yard. The semen even left a stain upon the St. Bernard. Although I am a patient, wiped is more than I can bear. To wake up in the morning with your semen in my hair. Disgusted are from the ladies. Few excited eyes. <laughs> a few manly sounding ladies. Yeah. I never wish to see the darken up my door so clean up all your semen and come round my way no more so clean up all your